إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so today we're on the chapter Adhkarul Wudu The supplications connected to the wudu Rawa al-Imam Ahmad wa Abu Dawood wa Ibn Majah wa ghayruhum min hadith Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu an an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annahu qala that Al-Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and other than them, they reported from Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا صلاة لمن لا وضوء له ولا وضوء لمن لم يذكر اسم الله عليه that there is no prayer for the one who does not have wudu, and there is no wudu for the one who does not mention Bismillah at the beginning of it. وَهُوَ حَدِيثٌ حَسَنٌ And it is an authentic narration, Hasan, بِشَوَاهِدِهِ With all the other narrations of similar meanings when they are joined together. And this hadith therefore indicates that at the beginning of the prayer, you must begin by saying Bismillah. That's what this particular narration indicates. At the beginning, you must say Bismillah. وَقَدْ اِخْتَلَفَ الْعُلَمَا رَحِمَهُمُ اللَّهِ فِي حُكْمِهَا But the scholars have differed over the ruling of that. Is it obligatory to say Bismillah when you start the wudu? Or is it a sunnah to say it? Because if you say it is obligatory to say it and you forget to say it, that means you didn't do wudu. It doesn't count your wudu then. So what is the exact ruling? The scholars, they differed over it. فَذَهَبَ الْجُمْهُورِ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهَا مُسْتَحَبَّةً the majority of the scholars, they are of the opinion that it is mustahab to say bismillah when starting the wudu. That it is mustahab. وَذَهَبَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِلَى الْقَوْلِ بِوُجُوبِهَا And some of the scholars, they took the opinion that it is obligatory to say bismillah at the beginning when starting wudu. إِذَا كَانَ عَالِمًا بِالْحُكْمِ ذَاكِرًا لَهَا فَإِنْ جَهِلَ حُكْمَهَا أَوْ نَسِيَهَا فَلَا حَرَجَ عَلَيْهِ وَلَا يَزَّمُهُ إِعَادَةُ الْوُضُوء So a person who knows the ruling and remembers to say the Bismillah but doesn't say it, he remembers he needs to say it and he knows that it's obligatory but he doesn't, then it doesn't count his wudu. 
His wudu won't count then, according to this opinion. If he knows you're supposed to say it and remembers to say it, but doesn't say it though, then the wudu won't count upon the opinion of the scholars who say it is obligatory. But even they say, if a person doesn't know the ruling, he doesn't know that it's obligatory to say the Bismillah at the beginning, he doesn't know it is obligatory to say it. Or he forgets, he knows it's obligatory, but he just forgets. Then they say the wudu is still valid in those circumstances then. If you didn't know you had to say it, or you just forgot to say it, under those circumstances, they say your wudu is still valid. وَقَدْ سُئِلَ الْإِمَامُ الشَّيْخُ عَبْدُ الْعَزِيزِ إِبْنُ بَازِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ عن حكم من ترك التسمية في الوضوء ناسيا الشيخ بن باز رحمه الله تعالى was asked regarding the ruling if someone forgot to say the bismillah when making their wudu so he said قد ذهب جمهور أهل العلم إلى صحة الوضوء بدون تسمية he said the majority of the scholars, of the people of knowledge, their position is that the wudu is still valid and correct if somebody forgot to say the bismillah. But then he says, وَذَهَبَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِلَىٰ وُجُوبِ التَّسْمِيَةِ مَعَ الْعِلْمِ وَالذِّكْرِ Some of the scholars though said, it is obligatory to say it for the one who remembers, he remembers at the time to say it, and he knows the ruling of it, that it's obligatory, then upon him it is obligatory to say it when he begins the wudu. And that is because of this hadith. They quote this narration, La wudu'a. لِمَنْ لَمْ يُسَمِّ أو لِمَنْ لَمْ يَذْكُرَ اسْمَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ لِمَنْ لَمْ يَذْكُرِ اسْمَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ That there is no wudu for the one who does not mention the name of Allah upon it. Meaning the one who does not begin with Bismillah when he starts his wudu. لَكِنْ مَنْ تَرَكَهَا نَاسِيًا أَوْ جَاهِلًا فَوُضُوءُهُ صَحِيحٌ But the one who forgets it forgetfully doesn't say it, or he's ignorant of the ruling that you have to say Bismillah at the beginning, then in that case, that individual, his wudu will be valid. It will still be valid. وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ إِعَادَتُهُ وَلَوْ قُلْنَا بِوُجُوبِ And it is not upon him to have to repeat the wudu, even if we say, and we take the position that it's obligatory, Upon him, it's not necessary to repeat his wudu. Because he forgot, or he didn't know the ruling, then it's okay, his wudu is valid. لِأَنَّهُ مَعَذُورٌ بِالْجَهْلِ وَالنِّسْيَانِ Because that person is excused due to his either ignorance, he didn't know the ruling, or because of a nisyan, forgetfulness, he forgot to say it. وَالْحُجَّةُ فِي ذَلِكَ قوله تعالى and the evidence that forgetfulness or ignorance is excused then 
is the ayah in the Quran, Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhta'na. Our Lord, do not hold us accountable if we forget or we fall into a mistake. وَقَدْ صَحَّ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ قَدْ اسْتَجَابَ هَذَا الدُّعَى And it is mentioned in the authentic sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered this dua because that is a dua in that section of the ayah رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنَّ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Our Lord, do not hold us accountable if we forget or make an error. And it mentions in a hadith that Allah said, قَدْ فَعَلْتُ That I have done that. Meaning, I will pardon you if you forget or you make an error. وَبِذَلِكَ تَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ إِذَا نَسِيتَ التَّسْمِيَةَ فِي أَوَّلِ الْوُضُوءِ ثُمَّ ذَكَرْتَهَا فِي أَثْنَائِي فَإِنَّكَ تُسَمِّي and so he says, Sheikh bin Ba says, that if you forget to say the Bismillah at the beginning, when you start your wudu, but then remember during it, then just say it. Say it when you remember during it. وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ أَن تُعِيدَ أَوَّلًا And it is not upon you to repeat the wudu from the beginning again. Just say it when you remember and carry on. لِأَنَّكَ مَعَذُورٌ بِالنِّسْيَانِ because you are excused due to your forgetfulness. وَأَمَّا الدُّعَاءَ عَلَىٰ أَعْضَاءِ الْوُضُوءِ فِي أَثْنَاءِ الْوُضُوءِ كُلُّ عُضْوٍ بِدُعَاءَ مَخْصُوصٍ بِأَنْ يَجْعَلَ لِغَصْلِ الْيَدِ دُعَاءً وَلِغَصْلِ الْوَجْهِ دُعَاءً وَلِغَصْلِ الْقَدَمِ دُعَاءً وَنَحْوِ ذَلِكَ فَهَذَا لَمْ يَثْبُتْ فِيهِ شَيْءٌ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَيْسَ لِلْمُسْلِمَ نِعْمَلَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ ذَلِكَ As for what people say, that you should make dua upon everybody part as you're washing it. You make a dua when you wash your face, and you make a dua when you're washing your arms, and you make a dua wiping your head, making a dua when you wash your feet. Making a dua as you go along on everybody part, there is nothing established in regards to doing that. There is nothing established in regards to a person making the dua on every body part as he moves along in the wudu. So a Muslim should not do that. Should not be making a dua specifically on every body part as you make the wudu. وَمِن ذَلِكَ قَوْلُ بَعْضِهِمْ عِنْدَ الْمَضْمَضَى and one of the things that people say when they are doing the madmada, washing out their mouth, they say, "Allahumma sqini min hawdi nabiyyika kaasan la azma'u ba'dahu abada." That oh Allah, when you're washing out your mouth, oh Allah, uh, give me a cup to drink from the pond of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the day of judgment such that I will never become thirsty again. Oh Allah, give me a drink from the pond of the messenger, a cup of drink from the pond of the messenger, such that I don't become thirsty ever again. When they are washing out their mouth, they make that dua, some of them. 
And when they are washing out their nose, عند الاستنشاق, they say, Allahumma la tahrimni ra'ihata na'imika wa jannatika. Oh Allah, do not deprive me of smelling the fragrance of your bounty, your blessings and your paradise. Do not deprive me of smelling your bounties and your paradise. وَعِنْدَ غَسْلِ الْوَجْهِ And when they wash their face, some of them they say, and all of this is false. Some of them they say when washing their face, اللَّهُمَّ بَيِّضْ وَجْهِ يَوْمَ تَبِيَضُ وُجُوهِ وَتَسْوَدُّ وُجُوهِ Oh Allah, make my face enlightened and white on that day when some faces will be whitened and some faces will be darkened. Ayah in the Quran, يَوْمَ تَبْيَضُّ وُجُوهُ وَتَسْوَدُّ وُجُوهُ On that day faces will become darkened and faces will be lightened. So the commoners when they are making wudu, washing their face, they make the dua, O Allah, make my face from the ones that are lightened on that day. And do not make him uh, on that day when faces are lightened and darkened. Make mine from those that are lightened on that day. وَعِنْدَ غَسْلِ الْيَدَيْنِ And when they wash their arms, they make the dua, اللَّهُمَّ جَعَلْ اللَّهُمَّ أَعْطِنِي كِتَابِي بِيَمِينِي اللَّهُمَّ لَا تَعْطِنِي كِتَابِي بِشِمَالِي Oh Allah, give me my book in my right hand and do not give it to me in my left hand. On the Day of Judgment, we know the ones who are successful are given their books in their right hand and the ones who are not are given their books in their left hand. So when they wash their arms, their hands, they say, Oh Allah, give me my book in my right hand and do not give it to me in my left hand. وَعِنْدَ مَسْحِ الرَّأْسِ and when they're wiping their head, Allahumma harrim sha'ri wa bashari ala nar. Oh Allah, make it forbidden for my hair and my skin to be touched by the fire. Make it forbidden for my hair and my skin to be touched by the hellfire. Wa'inda mashil udhan. And then when they get to wiping the ears, Allahumma ja'alni min alladheena istami'oon al-qawla fi'attib'oon ahsana. Oh Allah, make me from those who hear the guidance and follow the best of it. وَعِنْدَ غَصْلِ الرَّجْلَيْنِ And when they wash the feet, اللَّهُمَّ ثَبِّتْ قَدَمَيَّ عَلَى الصِّرَاطِ Oh Allah, make my feet firm upon the bridge. When you have to cross the bridge on the Day of Judgment over the hellfire to get to paradise. فَكُلُّ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا لَا أَصْلَ لَهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ الْكَرِيمِ صلى الله عليه وسلم all of these du'as they make at those body parts, none of them have any basis from the Prophet ﷺ. All of those du'as, they have a basis in the sunnah generally. They've picked out these things from what is mentioned in the sunnah generally. But there is no connection between those affairs to the point of when you're making wudu. There is no connection. Yes, it mentions about faces will be darkened that day, lightened in the Qur'an. But there's no connection between that ayah of the Qur'an and you saying it when you're washing your face in wudu. Yes, it mentions in the ayat of the Qur'an about those who will be given their books in their right hand and those in their left hand. But there's no connection in saying that ayah at the time of washing your hands 
Yes, it mentions in the sunnah about the sirat, the bridge you will cross over hellfire to get to paradise. But there's no connection between that and saying the dua when you're washing your feet in wudu. So they've picked out all of these different things that exist in the sunnah, the pond of the Prophet ﷺ, and then they make a dua out of that at the time of washing out their mouth, oh Allah, make me from those who gets to drink from the pond of the messenger. They've taken various aspects of the sunnah and then connected them into this act of worship, something that the Prophet ﷺ never did. And something the sahaba, the sahaba, the salaf never did. They never connected those different issues into this act of worship that you make these du'as at those body parts in the wudu. So there is no basis to making these types of du'as as you're going along on the body parts in the wudu. وَالْوَاجِبُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ الْاقْتِصَارُ عَلَى مَا جَاءَتْ بِهِ السُّنَّةِ The obligation upon the Muslim is to suffice himself with that which has been mentioned in the sunnah. وَالْبُعْدُ عَمَّا أَحْدَثَهُ النَّاسُ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ And to distance oneself from what the people have innovated thereafter. قَالَ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمْ رَحِمَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى said وَأَمَّا الْأَذْكَارُ الَّتِي يَقُولُهَا الْعَامَّةِ عَلَى الْوُضُوءِ عِنْدَ كُلِّ عُضُوٍ فَلَا أَصْلَ لَهَا عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَا عَنْ أَحَدٍ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ وَلَا الْأَئِمَّةِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ وَفِيهَا حَدِيثٌ كَذِبٌ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ كَذَبَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ Ibn al-Qayyim said that as for these du'as that the common folk they say when they make wudu on each body part, then there is no basis for them from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and neither from any of the companions, or from the tabi'een, or from any of the, the major scholars, the four imams, from none of them. There is no evidence from anywhere, from any of them, that you're supposed to say these specific du'as on those specific body parts as you make wudu. So none of that is established and it is not to be done. وَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَقُولَ عَقِبَ فِرَاغِهِ مِنَ الْوُضُوءِ However, it is recommended, what is recommended now in the sunnah is mentioned and proven, is that after you finish your wudu, to then say, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ To say the shahada. It is established to say the shahada at the end when you finish your wudu. أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ And that is mentioned in the hadith of Uqbah ibn Amir رضي الله عنه قال كانت علينا رعاية الإبل فجاءت نوبتي فروحتها بعشي أي رددتها إلى مكان راحتها في آخر النهار فأدركت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم 
قائما يحدث الناس فأدركت من قوله ما من مسلم يتوضأ فيحسن وضوءه ثم يقوم فيصلي ركعتين مقبل عليها بقلبه ووجهه إلا وجبت له الجنة In this narration Uqba ibn Amir radiyallahu anhu in Sahih Muslim he says that himself among others he said he used to be from those people who used to look after the camels and they used to take turns he said on that one time my turn came to look after the camels and he says so i gathered the camels his turn came in the evening time so he said i gathered all of the camels and took them to uh, their resting place for the night the shed or whatever that type of place i took them there he said as i took them there i came across the messenger of allah the messenger of allah was nearby uh, standing there talking to some people he said so i heard he was taking the camels and he heard the messenger was there standing with some people came across him he said i heard the messenger as he was talking to the people and the part that i heard as he was passing by then he said the part that i heard was when the messenger said that there is not a muslim who makes wudu and does it properly then stands to pray two rak'at with his full heart focused in them and his face focused in that except that paradise will be obligated for him he said that's the line that i caught from the messengers he was talking to the people that there is not a muslim who makes wudu and does it good then stands and prays two rak'at with his heart and his face focused except that paradise is obligated for him قال فقلت ما اجود هذه so then عقبه ابن عامر says i thought to myself how good that is how excellent that is make wudu do it properly pray two rak'at with concentration and focus and paradise is obligated for you he said i thought to myself how good that is فاذا قائل بين يدي يقول التي قبلها اجود but then somebody in that crowd of people noticed that Uqba ibn Amir had come late and he was just passing by he only caught the last sentence somebody in the audience or in that crowd he says to him there's actually even better than that from the first sentence the messenger said you didn't catch cuz you're just coming with your camels now you missed the first part you didn't catch the first part it's even better than what you caught So then he tells him what the first part is. He says, فَنَظَرْتُ فَإِذَا عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ And when Uqba ibn Amr then turned to this person telling him the first part is even better, it was actually Umar ibn al-Khattab talking to him. It was actually Umar ibn al-Khattab talking to him. And so Umar ibn al-Khattab said to him, إِنِّي رَأَيْتُكَ حِينَ جِئْتَ آنِفًا Umar ibn al-Khattab says to Uqba ibn Amir, I saw you when you came, when you were approaching just a minute ago. قَالْ مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَتَوَضَّى 
So then Umar ibn Khattab tells him the full narration from the messenger. Because Umar ibn Khattab noticed he came late and only caught the last bit. So Umar ibn Khattab tells him the messenger had said, مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَتَوَضَّى There is not any one of you who makes the wudu, فَيُبْلِغُ أَوْ فَيُصْبِغُ الْوُدُو And he perfects the wudu and does it properly. ثُمَّ يَقُولُ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ and then he says that I bear witness that there is no deity worthy, worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And that Muhammad is the servant of Allah and his messenger. إِلَّا فُتِحَتْ لَهُ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ الثَّمَانِيَةِ يَدْخُلُ مِنْ أَيِّهَا شَاءَ Except that the eight doors of paradise, the eight gates of paradise are open to him, he can enter from whichever one he wishes. All the eight gates of paradise are opened, he can enter from whichever one he wishes. So, Umar ibn al-Khattab then filled him in with that first part of the narration as well, highlighting to him the great virtue of just making wudu and saying that dua at the end. The part that Uqba ibn Amir had caught as he arrived was the part about if you make your wudu properly and then and then pray to raka'at. With focus, that paradise is obligated. Umar ibn Khattab said, the first part was even more. That you just make wudu and just say the dua and the eight gates of paradise are opened up for you. So he highlighted that section to him as well that Uqba ibn Amir hadn't caught. So that highlights to you the great virtue of making that dua after the wudu. All it is, is the testification, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ And the eight gates of paradise are opened, enter from whichever one you wish. وَرَوَاهُ التِّرْمِذِيُّ وَزَادِ And there is another version of the same dua in another hadith in Tirmidhi. And in that one there's an extra part to it where you also say اللَّهُمَّ جَعَلْنِي مِنَ التَّوَّابِينَ وَجَعَلْنِي مِنَ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ that, oh Allah, make me from the repentant ones and make me from the, the purified ones, from the ones who are upon purification. So, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadan abdullahi wa rasulah. And then, Allahumma ja'alni min al-tawwabin wa ja'alni min al-mutatahirin. And that is also established and proven. So, that would be the full dua if you do the full section. The shahada first. أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ And then the extra section, اللَّهُمَّ جَعَلْنِي مِنَ التَّوَّابِينَ وَجَعَلْنِي مِنَ الْمُتَضَهِّرِينَ O Allah, make me from the repentant ones and make me from the, the purified ones upon purification. وَفِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ يَذْكُرُ عُقْبَةِ ابْنُ عَامِرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ حِرْصَ الصَّحَابَةِ رضي الله عنهم على أوقاتهم وتعاونهم بينهم التعاون الذي يحقق الفائدة للجميع ومن ذلك أنهم كانوا يتناوبون رعي إبلهم فيجتمع الجماعة ويضمون إبلهم بعضا إلى بعضها إلى بعض فيرعاها كل يوم واحد منهم ليكون ذلك أرفق بهم ولينصرف الباقون في مصالحهم وحاجاتهم وَلِيَتَهَيَّأَ لَهُمْ فُرْصَ أَكْبَرْ لِلْإِسْتِفَادَ مِنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ حُضُورُ مَجَالِسِهِ The hadith highlights 
that the companions they used to utilize their time to the maximum when trying to gain knowledge they used to try to utilize their time to the maximum and cooperate with each other in that regard so many of them used to look after camels if they had to do that by themselves then they would be preoccupied every day with their camels you can't just leave the camels alone got to feed them got to do this got to do that so the companions they used to cooperate with each other by combining camels maybe neighbors three or four neighbors they would all combine their camels together and one of the neighbors looks after all of the camels the other two or three or whatever can go go and take care of their other needs go to the market go to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and learn then the next day another one of the neighbors would look after all of the camels and the others can go next day the next one so they would take turns with each other in looking after all of those camels and the others would then be free to go take care of their other needs and especially to be able to go and sit with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam umar ibn khattab himself used to do that take turns with his neighbor in looking after the camels so they could go and sit with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that's what happened here uqba ibn amr says one day my turn came so i was looking after the camels and uh, he was taking them to where they needed to go at night and he just happened to pass by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam standing there with some of the companions talking to them and he caught the end of the hadith make the wudu properly then pray to rak'at and you have paradise guaranteed and then umar ibn khattab noticed he had come late and told him the first part about the dua and the eight gates of paradise وعندما عاد بالابل الى مراحيها في اخر النهار وفرغ من امرها جاء الى مجلس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليدرك شيئا من فوائده in fact the sheikh mentions here now in the explanation he had actually managed to take the camels to where they needed to go he had taken them to the shed or whatever they were going to stay in overnight and after he had done that then he went over to where the messenger was he thought to himself i'll quickly get there and catch whatever i can catch it was end of the day late at night now he had just put the camels away and he thought to himself i'll quickly go to where the messenger is and see if i can catch anything and when he got there he did manage to catch the end of that particular hadith liudrika shay'an min fawa'idihi wa lihala min ma'inihi almubarak فَأَدْرَكَ فَائِدَةً عَظِيمَةً فَرِحَ بِهَا And so when Uqba got there, he did catch this highly beneficial point that he was very happy about. He heard the messenger saying, مَا مِنْ مُسْلِمٍ يَتَوَضَّعُ فَيُحْسِنُ وُضُوءَهُ ثُمَّ يَقُومُ فَيُصَلِّي رَكَعَتَيْنِ مُقْبِلٌ عَلَيْهَا بِقَلْبِهِ وَوَجْهِهِ إِلَّا وَجْبَتْ لَهُ الْجَنَّةِ He caught that part when the messenger said that there is not a Muslim who makes wudu and does it properly then goes and stands and prays two rak'at with his heart and his face focused except that paradise is obligated for him faqala sallallahu alaihi wasallam mubdiyan ijabahu bi hadhihi al-fa'ida al-'adhima ma ajwada hadhihi ma ajwada hadhihi So then it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ himself also said, مَا أَجْوَدَ هَذِهِ How good this benefit is. 
In fact, no, here it was Uqba. This is a typo here in the book. It was Uqba ibn Amir who said that. And Umar ibn al-Khattab heard him say that. And he had seen him coming in late. So then he said to him, Allati qablaha ajwad. That which came before it is even better. Yushiru ila fa'idatin qalaha al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And so he was highlighting to him the benefit that the messenger had mentioned before Uqba radiyallahu anhu had entered and that was the bit about saying the shahada and the eight gates of paradise are opened. The narration therefore highlights the virtue of perfecting your wudu. وَفِي هَذَا فَضْلُ إِسْبَاغِ الْوُضُوءِ بِإِكْمَالِهِ وَإِتْمَامِهِ عَلَى الْوَجْهِ الْمَسْنُونِ It highlights the virtue of doing your wudu upon perfection. Uh, doing the wudu upon perfection, completing it perfectly, because that's what the narration highlights, the one who completes his wudu perfectly. Then says that dua, the gates of paradise are opened. So this highlights the importance of completing the wudu carefully and perfectly. وَفَضْلُ الْمُحَافَظَةِ عَلَى هَذَا الذِّكْرِ الْعَظِيمِ عَقِبَ الْوُضُوءِ And the virtue, the great virtue of saying this dua at the end of the wudu. وَأَنَّ مَنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ فُتِحَتْ لَهُ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ الثَّمَانِيَ لَيَدْخُلَ مِنْ أَيِّهَا شَاءَ and that the one who does that, then all eight gates of paradise are opened, and he can enter from whichever one he wishes. And it is recommended to add on that extra line that is in the version of, of uh, Sunnah Tirmidhi. Allahumma ja'alni min al-tawwabin wa ja'alni min al-mutatahirin. To add that section on, that is good, and it is recommended to do so too. And you can even say as well, mentioned in Sunan al-Nasai, سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا أَنْتْ أَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ That is possible as well. That is mentioned in النسائي in عمل اليوم والليلة and the مستدرك بالحاكم and other places in the narration of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من توضأ ثم قال سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتْ أَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ كُتِبَ فِي رَقٍ ثُمَّ طُبِعَ بِطَابَعَ فَلَا مِكْسِرْ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ أَيُكْسَرْ الطابع الخاتم يريد أن يختم عليه ولا يفتح إلى يوم القيامة so it's mentioned in this version that whoever makes wudu and then says, Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdika la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk that I uh, uh, seek forgiveness from you and I repent. Then it is written upon him a seal that is not broken up until the day of judgment. فَهَذَا جُمْلَ مَا ثَبَتَتْ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مِنَ الذِّكْرِ الْمُتَعَلِّقِ بِالْوُضُوءِ قَالَ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمِ So these are some of the du'as that are mentioned from the Prophet ﷺ regarding the wudu. Ibn al-Qayyim said, وَلَمْ يُحْفَظْ عَنْهُ أي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that it has not been preserved, recorded from the Prophet ﷺ 
أنه كان يقول على وضوئه شيئا غير التسمية That the messenger used to say anything other than Bismillah in his wudu. وَكُلُّ حَدِيثٍ فِي أَذْكَارِ الْوُضُوءِ يُقَالُ عَلَيْهِ فَكَذِبٌ مُخْتَلَقٌ لَمْ يَقُلْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ شَيْئًا مِنْهُ And all other narrations about the body parts and all those things that the commoners they do, all other narrations of that nature, they are fabricated upon the Prophet Wasallam. ثم استثنى رحمه الله حديث التسمية وحديثي عمر وأبي سعيد المتقدمين And then Ibn Al-Qayyim also highlighted the exception of these narrations we've just gone through now about the du'as at the end of the wudu they are established those du'as at the end of the wudu are established and the bismillah the beginning is established so those are the du'as connected to the wudu when a person begins the wudu, he should begin with Bismillah. And during the wudu, there is no established dua. Then at the end of the wudu, you have the shahadatain that you can say, that you should say, after perfecting and completing the wudu properly, say the shahadatain, then that extra section as well from a tirmidhi, and that other version from a nasa'i as extra as well. And then it mentions the great reward of the eight gates of paradise being opened for that person. And then if you do go and pray the two raka'at as well, then that other narration as well at the end of it, the uh, paradise is obligated for that person as well. So those are the du'as associated with wudu. Next time we'll begin the others, which is adhkarul khuruj ila salah وَدُخُولُ الْمَسْجِدِ وَالْخُرُوجِ مِنْهُ The du'as that you're supposed to read when you leave to go to the mosque and when you actually enter the mosque and when you exit the mosque. Du'as that you're supposed to read when you leave your home etc. to head to the mosque. Then the ones that you read when you actually enter the mosque and the ones that you read when you exit the mosque. That is the section we'll begin with next week, inshallah ta'ala, uh, which will be at 8.30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. inshallah ta'ala. Next week we'll carry on with that.